I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 425 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I have an incredible guest to bring you guys today. Freestyle motocross phenomenon Brian Deegan joins me on the podcast. Brian is the first person to complete a 360 in competition, and he is the most decorated freestyle motocross rider in X Games history with 10 medals, including three golds. His career on four wheels has been just as successful. He took the gold in the rally cross at X Games 17. He won the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series Championship. He won the World Championship race at the Trackus Torque Series. Winning is just something that goes with the name Brian Deegan. His accomplishments are off the charts. He did sustain a number of serious injuries during his career, including a near-death experience that he had to overcome. The talent in Brian's family runs deep. His daughter, Haley Deegan, is a professional and up-and-coming stock car driver. She became the first female driver to win races in the NASCAR K&M Pro Series West. One of Brian's sons, known as Danger Boy, is the number one motocross driver for his age bracket. This is a family that is full of talent, values, and faith. It's an honor to have Brian on the podcast today. Brian Deegan will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Brian Deegan was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between the X Games star and myself, please get over and hit me with a subscribe on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, I highly recommend you go back and take a listen to some of the other extreme sport dads that I've had on the podcast, including skateboarding legend Tony Hawk, BMXer Mike Escamilla, snowboarder Jesse Sinsack, and so many others. Make sure you lock it into my Instagram account at Alec underscore Lace to find out who will be joining me here next week, including one NFL Hall of Famer and Super Bowl MVP that will be making his second appearance on the podcast. All right. And if you guys are enjoying the show, please hit me with a rating or review on Spotify or iTunes, wherever it is that you enjoy listening to the show. It really goes a long way to help me out. And as always, dads, please help me spread the word about this podcast. Every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know about the show to see us celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back with Brian Deegan. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, if we learned anything this last year, it's that building health and immunity is more important than ever, and that all begins with what you put on your plate. Bell Campo is on a mission to revolutionize the meat industry for the well-being of people, the planet, and animals by farming meat the right way with certified humane, regenerative, and climate-positive practices, which means it's better for you, the planet, and the animals. That's a trifecta that I'm proud to be a part of, and right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can have Belcampo sustainably raised meats delivered right to your door using my promo code FATHERHOOD at belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood and get 20% off your first order. Go visit belcampo.com forward slash fatherhood, use the promo code FATHERHOOD at the checkout, and save 20% off your first order at Belcampo. Joining me now, First Class Father, Brian Deegan. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. All right, let's start it right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? <laughs> so I have three kids. Uh, Haley is 19 now, Hayden 14, and Hudson's 10. So uh, one girl and two boys. Yeah, wow. Very cool. And if you could, Brian, just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Okay, yeah. I- Eh, long story short, uh, I grew up in a small town in Nebraska, 
grew up racing motocross, and that was kind of my key to, to, to make it out of Nebraska. And I uh, went to California when I graduated high school, uh, chased my dreams to race Supercross. I uh, did that for a few years, ended up winning some uh, races, and then went to uh, X Games, created, helped create freestyle motocross, which was a sport where you like backflip dirt bikes. And uh, we did that for many years, was able to make a good career out of that and uh, a good living, built some companies through, through action sports, helped make that movement uh, go forward. And then I went from that to truck racing, started racing off-road trucks, rally cross. Just got sick of getting hurt, broke a lot of bones, a lot of injuries, you know, in freestyle motocross. It was a dangerous, a very dangerous sport. And then uh, I had uh, Haley. Uh, we had Haley, and that kind of changed really my thought process there. And that's when I went into to car racing to do something a little safer. So I did that, you know, car racing for many years. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, and you've had an incredible career, obviously, Brian. And so I, you hit on a little bit there. About how old were you then when you first became a dad? And how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, so I'm 46 now. And, you know, Haley's 19, so you guys can do the math. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's been uh, almost a few decades. And I'll be honest, you know, when I, you know, we or when we had Haley, my wife, Marisa, that I, you know, I've been with for, I mean, a long time. You know, like I said, you know, a few decades uh, we've been, we started dating when I was around 20, 21, she was around 18. And, you know, we met in California when I came out here and, and, uh, she's been with me through all the ups and downs of my career. And then we had Haley and, and, you know, and I was a rebel dirt bike guy, uh, you know, created a company called metal militia. It was uh, a group of like, you know, rough dirt bike guys. So, you know, we were, at the guys that, you know, at X Games were, you know, were all black, had the spikes on the chest plate and were into heavy metal. And we were, all, we were just this party group of guys and, you know, pushing this movement of just being crazy and, and um, building the sport. And it was just a fast paced lifestyle and, you know, started making money. I grew up, I didn't have a lot of money. I started with nothing and, um, you know, uh, but then started making money in action sports. So everything started moving quick and, and, um, man, we were just out of control. And then, and then uh, I had Haley. Uh, we had Haley. And that was, uh, I was probably, like I said, I was, you know, at that point, my late 20s or, you know, eh, probably 26, 27 or so. And, and um, it really was a life-changing experience, you know. I, you know, it took me a while, though. It took me a while to kind of accept being a dad. It took me a while to, to figure out, like, man, do I really, like, want to settle down and, and, it was tough, you know, but I'm I'm very fortunate that you know Haley came about and and we and I focused on that for sure. But it it took you know it definitely took a lot of fighting off demons and stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, well said. What what would you say, Brian, are the top values that you hope to instill in your kids as they grow up here? Yeah, I'd say top values. I mean, they've changed over years, but. You know, I think a lot of people look at my kids because Haley is a top prospect right now in NASCAR and. You know, long story short, she's one of the only girls that has ever won races in NASCAR. She signed a multi-year deal with Ford Motors. That's going to take her all the way to the Cup Series. She's uh, doing the Truck Series full-time next year. Uh, so, really, when people look at us from the outside, and my son Hayden is the, is the best in the nation at his age in motocross. He's, he's the top prospect for dirt bikes. He'll be turning pro in another year or two. All the factories are going after him for to sign him. Um, I guess that's the same equivalent of like being one of the, the top picks in football or baseball. That's him in motocross. And so, uh, 
I have these things going on. And from the outside, I think people look at it like, oh, their their number one thing must be winning. It must be the championships and, and be, you know, being the best. And, and I think that has been a big part of our family drive is co- being competitive. But I think the most most important thing for me to instill my kids is being good people. You know, I think sports can come and go as you, as you see with COVID and everything happening in the last year, you're like sport is, it's cool, but it's not, it's not a necessity. And, and um, so I look at my kids, I'm like, the one thing we try to instill in them is just being good people being, you know, like we have a, you know, a Christian uh, foundation and we, you know, we go to church on the weekends when we're not racing and, I, and I'm glad for that, you know. I think that's what's kept us solid, kept us together. You know, that's what's kept my marriage, you know, together. That's what's kept my relationships together. It's, I'll be honest, you know. It's like, dude, I was a mess before, you know, I got really uh, focused and, and have, you know, that foundation now. So I think that's the most important thing that I instill in my kids is being good people, treating others how you want to be treated. And working hard, you know, setting your goals, achieving goals. I think that's important. But I think most importantly is how, you know, that legacy you leave, what people think of you and how people, you know, can they trust you? Can they, can they take your word? Uh, you know, moving from Nebraska, everything was, you know, I grew up in Nebraska where a handshake deal, that was it. You you shook someone's hand, that was a deal. Um, California, that changed me, you know, California, it's not like that. And so, I, you know, I feel like I want to instill that in my kids, though, like your word is, you know, that's what that's what you have to stand by. And I think that's important, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, Brian. And what is it like for you as a dad to watch your kids? I mean, obviously, you know, the dangers of the motocross. You've been doing it your whole life. You've had several injuries doing it. What is it like for you as a dad watching, especially your son doing the motocross and even your daughter now doing the, uh, you know, the, the pro racing with the NASCAR and all that? What is it like for you as a dad to watch that? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think. It's one thing for me, uh, I, you know, I've broken many bones, over 15 surgeries, lost, you know, lost a kidney, uh, almost died a few times in, in sport. And I, and I, for me, it's like, okay, that's just what I did. I wasn't too stressed about uh, the fear of it, you know, after, but after multiple injuries, it kind of wears on you a lot of plates and screws in my body. And, and uh, once I had, or once we had Haley, I thought, man, I, I kind of, I like, I need to be around, you know, for, to support them. And so that made me taper off and get safer. But then you look at it now, they're in these sports. You know, uh, Haley rode dirt bikes when she was younger, but we kind of veered her out of that to get into cars. And I feel like NASCAR, yes, they go 200 miles per hour at Talladega or Daytona. And uh, Haley's already done those races. And, and I've been there watching. It's, it's nerve-wracking. But those cars are relatively safe in the motorsports world. In the motorsports world, the stock car is the biggest um, roll cage, safest car. IndyCar, Formula One, you're getting into cars that are really dangerous uh, if you crash. And so uh, I feel okay with that, with the safety. But, yeah, it is for sure nerve-wracking because it's still my little girl. Big crash at 200, fire, uh, you know, getting caught in a car like that. She's been on fire a few times in race trucks. You know, luckily have gotten out of that. And uh, she's pretty smart with what to do and how to react in that. Um, Hayden on dirt bikes. Yeah, it is scary. You know, the best thing I can do with my kids is prepare them the best way to have the safest outcome. So we have supercross tracks at my house. We have motocross. We have a freestyle park, foam pit, race truck uh, track at my house. And so they train all the time here. And, and so when I watch my son ride a dirt bike, he is so smooth and so fluent. His technique is so good. 
when I rode, I, I didn't even think about technique. I was just all about like guts, like, okay, who's going to be the craziest today? And, and that ended up with a lot of injuries that way. You know, Hayden has broke bones, you know, he's broke his collarbone and had, you know, had a few small injuries, but, um, overall he's been relatively pretty safe. So it is scary. It's scary. It sucks thinking about it. It's, I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine. Now, what would you? What kind of advice do you have for that? The parents, obviously, your pre, your, your kids benefit from the fact that you've been doing this your whole life. But what about for the parents out there whose kids are interested in the motocross, but their parents have zero experience in it? What kind of advice do you have for those parents on how to guide their kids if the, if this is something that their kids want to do? Yeah, that's a good question because I've had that question, you know, from many parents, and, and I, you know, I we work with a guy named Kelvin, Kevin Elko. He's a he was a he's a performance coach for for Alabama football and uh, he's a very smart guy and he wants to do it's funny because I've been able to coach my kids up to be champions and you know and I, and I didn't have a formula for that I, you know my dad was a good parent on motivating and, and um, you know goal setting goals but you know I feel like if you're a parent coming into a sport like that my point with Kevin Elko we're talking about doing a book on that how, how to raise champion kids in sport and uh, but I feel like it's you're, you got to seek out good coaches, good, you know, people that could take your kid and teach them, teach them the, the uh, style and, and the technique. And I think that's the safest way. You get good equipment and you get good coaches. That's how you can ensure you're doing the right thing to cut the, to um, not cut corners on safety. And, and the more you can teach a kid the, the basics, the safer they're going to be. And then that's what I feel. You know, I feel like if you don't know anything about the sport, the wrong thing for you to do is go get a fast dirt bike and take them to the track and figure it out. You know, I think I think you can do that as long as you're not pushing super hard. But you have to seek out good coaches. That's my opinion on that. And if I could have done that at an earlier age, I think I would have been a lot safer for sure. Yeah, good good advice, Brian. And and not only are you guys, you know, your your, your family name, you guys, um, the brand, the Deegan brand, is a big name right now. You guys obviously got the YouTube channel going on. How is it? I know, I know that's the social media world can get really, um, you know, really bad. I mean, I won't even on it since I started doing the podcast. So much negativity and stuff like that. How do your kids kind of? How do you handle that with the kids when you get like the comments on Instagram or on YouTube? And how do you kind of handle that with them, especially at the young age? Yeah, it's tough. You know, that's something that we didn't have to deal with as kids. You know, like when I grew up, there was no cell phones, you know, like you didn't you didn't have to like if you got picked on, it was one kid at school or whatever. Right. It wasn't thousands on on comments. Right. Uh, now, Haley, Haley was the first one really had to deal with it. But I really I'll be honest, I really didn't give my kids uh, access to social media like like to where they had freely had it in their hand all day till Haley was like 18, like, believe it or not, she was 17 or 18 before we gave her full access to social media, because I'm like, we're doing sport, you're fine, like, the sport, the sport, you don't, like, focus on your sport, you know, a lot of kids will sit there all day and just look at the phone, and, and, they, and they get uh, transitioned on this, transitioned on um, the good or bad of comments, and, and it's so bad, I think it's so bad for the kids right now, and I, the best I can teach is what I teach Haley because on tw I, the way we put these levels is Twitter is the most ruthless platform. That's 100%. Where people, Twitter, for some reason, you feel like the negative is glorified. And, and, and in the media, negative is glorified. I wish it wasn't that way. That something negative gets the most views and likes. I wish it wasn't that. 
But most people like this. I'm glad you do a podcast that's pushing out positivity. And that's what I try to do in my social media. But a lot of times it isn't the thing that gets the most user likes, you know, and it's sad because I wish I wish people would turn that corner. Right. And um, but for my kids, I try to teach them that, hey, these people, you can never take anyone serious for their comments because you don't know who they are, right? You're taking someone's comment that you don't know their situation. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't even know who they are. So why are you taking that to heart? Um, okay, if, if a mentor, like someone, let's just say in NASCAR, if you know Jeff Gordon, the top NASCAR driver, had a comment to say about you, okay, then maybe we're going to listen to that. Okay, maybe, <laughs> right? maybe we're going to be like, hmm, okay, maybe he's got, he's got a point. But if, you know, Joe Schmo from his basement says, you suck, okay, really? Are you really even going to take that at all to heart? Um, so I've had to coach my kids through that because, yeah, they're, they're, they're heavy. Their social media pages are, are big um, because you have to be to make um, money with sponsors endorsements now. You have to have a strong social. So, um, But we sift through the comments. If there's anything really bad, we just block them. You know, at the end of the day, if someone's that bad, we just shut them out and shut them off the social media platform. And we're very vocal about that. Like, if you're at all negative on our social, we just block you and you're done. Uh, so our YouTube page. But on our YouTube page, sometimes we have comments. But when you have a YouTube page that has kids on it, anything under 18, they have a rule on YouTube where they really don't even allow comments anymore to, to protect them from bullying Half of me doesn't like that because it hurts business. It hurts your when you're trying to promote and, and, and when you're trying to um, connect with your fans. Uh, that's what social media is about. You're supposed to be contacting, talking with your fans. And um, you're supposed to have a community. And so, but YouTube polices that pretty hard, which other half of me is cool with it. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. You know, if you guys want to protect the kids, good. But um, you have to do that everywhere, though, if you're going to do that. And But Instagram's pretty good. There's not a ton of negativity on it. There is a little bit. TikTok has been relatively really good. There's not a lot of negative on TikTok. Like, and, and I get it. I have my opinions about TikTok and this, that. But um, overall, that's the one platform that does not censor either. Like, there's when I say censorship, I mean... Like if I post something political or post something my view, even on religion or some things that I have to say on on um, Facebook or Instagram, I've had it. I've had my page uh, shadow banned, you know. And I'm like, really, like, kind of weird, you know, like how you can lose your voice right now. And, and I just thought like that has been a tough thing for us at some point when you want to just, you know, speak your opinion. That's all it is is an opinion, right? Like I'm like, this is my opinion on my page and. Like, you don't have to take it to heart, right? Like, so anyway, that's just some things we deal with. Yeah, I've had a lot of people on the show here that have had the same uh, situation, especially. And yeah. it's, it's unfortunate because the social media can be, it, it is so good for things like for to promote your, like for me to promote the show, for you to promote your brand. You really need it in today's world to get uh, anywhere. But there's so much, so much, like, especially Twitter, like, unless you're dunking on somebody over there, you ain't getting a retweet, like, over there. It's it's, it's sad yeah. how that, that platform is, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm curious here for you, uh, your oldest uh, is your girl, my youngest. I have four kids myself. My youngest is my only girl. She's only six right now, but I'm already dreading those uh, high school years with her and all that stuff to come. You've already been through this a little bit. So how did you kind of handle it as a dad uh, when Haley got old enough to hit that dating scene? All right, dads, today's episode of First Class Fatherhood is being sponsored by Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. 
Since I have been conducting more video interviews and making TV appearances, I have been on the search for a toothpaste that's going to help make my teeth look white, feel fresh, and I have found that with Himalaya Botanic Toothpaste. Sometimes using natural toothpaste can feel like a trade-off and leave your mouth feeling unclean, and I've tried so many toothpastes that either taste like baking soda or they don't even work. Himalaya Botanic, my sponsor for today's episode, is a toothpaste that's free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial flavors and colors. But unlike similar toothpaste, they don't compromise on flavor and performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. Interested in trying it out for yourself? Get 20% off Himalaya Botanic toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code FATHERHOOD. Check out the show notes for more details on Himalaya Botanic toothpaste and start using a better toothpaste today. We've been through this a little bit, so how did you kind of handle it as a dad? Uh, when Haley got old enough to hit that dating scene, you know, uh, we were we've always been pretty uh, strict with with the dating the dating issues, which is hard though because I remember I was, we were all teenagers once, and we remember like when you're a teenager, your thought process is different. You just you see things. There comes a point at, at an age where your parents just you just don't know they think right. They like oh you don't know what I you know what I'm going through or this that. But really, we've been there. We like, hey, we dealt with those things too. But um, we try to be open minded, but we still had a real, really had boundaries, like real tight boundaries, you know. And I don't feel like, as a parent, you have to be your your kid's best friend, right? You you still have to have those boundaries of like, hey, I'm not okay with you going out all night. I'm not okay with you know you talking to this certain group of people. Like we had a really strict, um, you know, rules. We didn't even really allow, I hate to say it, but we didn't even really allow dating until she was 18, you know? And, um, which I don't know if I hate to say it, right? It's just with our rules, right? We had, we had goals. We had, we're investing a lot of time and money into her making it in her career. And, uh, she has the ability, you always tell her, I'm like, you have the ability to transcend the sport of NASCAR as being this figure that, um, that could be a voice for the nation, for, for, for girls and for, you know, uh, there's such a big movement behind you and, I mean, you have you could spread so much positivity and have have so much influence on so many kids. I'm like, so why even jeopardize that? You know, why even throw that away? And so we have those talks a lot. But um, overall, teenagers and, you know, teenagers and dating, we didn't like we didn't really let her date till she was 18. And, and um, now, you know, she's talking to to guys and stuff like that, which we're still really like we have a tight family circle. We do. We're, like, I just feel like. If you don't keep the rules tight, and this has a lot to do with my wife. My wife's the one who's really, like, really strict on everything, which is, I'm probably more the lenient one, like the more lenient dad, but unless things get bad, then I come in. But um, she's pretty good at setting the, the boundaries, too, that we stick by. And I feel like you have to do that, because if you don't, someone else, if you don't set those boundaries and you don't raise your kids, something else or, or something, some, someone else will, right? They will, like... And there's so many influences out there that are, you know, no one's going to look after your kids like you are like it just ain't like you have to you have to take on that that position seriously. Otherwise, you're going to deal with the consequences, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Very well said, Brian. I wanted to get a quick hitter on your faith. I know that I mean, I'm a person that keeps God first in my life. My family, we 
we pray at the dinner table every night together. We eat dinner as a family every day. And I talk about on my show all the time, the fatherless crisis we have going on in our country. To me, it's the number one social issue that we have going on. And when you combine that with the fact that God has been removed from so much of our society, those two things combined have really created a lot of havoc in our society. So uh, how important is your faith to you and how important is it in your family? Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh, faith is the the foundation, right? It's the foundation of everything in our house that we start. I mean, could we be uh, more hardcore about it? Yes, you know. Could we? You know, we. You know, I get up, I give thanks, I pray every morning, I pray every night before I go to bed. It helps me start my day. We pray at dinner. We sit down as a family. I feel like those are. Things that were just normal, you know, back in the day. Those are the things that weren't like, wow, that's like, those are things that you just did. Like everyone ate together as a family. And and now I think everyone's get so busy. Everyone feels like, oh, I got something to do. We got to go. Or everyone goes their own separate ways. I think if there's simple basics in, in um, raising a family the right way and keeping keeping them solid. And I think that is it's, it's the foundation in a faith and, and a foundation in, in church community the right community um you know doing things together even now like those family vacations that you know sometimes people dread like i think those are important you know because you look back at that stuff and you look at those memories and pictures and all that stuff and those are good those are moments you don't want to be too busy to pass up we've been pretty fortunate though like we're always together because of racing so we're our family like my job is racing my job is to be you know, with the kids and promoting their sponsors and endorsement deals in our, in our, um, I, we have a web store, uh, that we, uh, sell products. And so I get to be around them all the time, but, but I feel like the, the most important thing for a family is like you said, I think it's, it's faith, you know, being together, vacationing together, spending time together, uh, eating dinner together, at least one meal a day, you guys have to sit together. And I noticed one thing I've, I've seen families do that. I thought was pretty cool. You sit at dinner and you say, "Hey, what 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 was a good thing? What was a good thing that happened today for you?" Like, you know, just start talking, having those conversations instead of just head down or everyone's on their phone at dinner. Like, that's not good. Like, the phones at some point have to go away. Like, in and like when I drive my kids to school in the morning, sometimes they'll be, oh, this will be on the phones. I was like, you know, what? put the phones down. And even if we're gonna be silent, we're gonna be silent. But you know, most of the time we talk about whatever, you know, I think there's got to be those moments. Dinner is a time where everyone should, the phone should be away. There shouldn't be any phones at dinner. And that's a time that you should, people, everyone should be talking and, and talking about maybe what was good that week or bad that week. And then, or even like, I, I'm not very good at it, but my wife is like playing board games. And even though it sounds cheesy, like those are, just go back to the basics, right? That's kind of what I feel. And I feel like um, faith, it took me almost dying in a crash. I had a really bad crash doing this MTV show. I, I did a backflip and it was real windy and the hand, I, I came up short and the handlebar went through my stomach and it blew up my kidney and my spleen and I almost uh, bled to death and they had no ambulance on site. So I got, by the time I got to the hospital, I was, um, I was uh, passing out from such a low uh, heart rate. And uh, bleeding out, and uh, that's when I started praying. I was like, "Please, God, if you're real, I don't want to die." And this point, it was that was May of '05, 
And I just, just think about my daughter. I think about my funeral. I think about all this stuff. Because the doctor leaned over me and was like, hey, is there anything you want to tell your family? Because he thought I was going to die. Wow. And uh, wow. So I went to emergency surgery, and I, that's when I started praying. And that's when I fully gave my life to Christ. I'm like, I was like, please let me live. I'm like, man, I'll turn my ways. I'll, you know, I'm going to focus. And so I woke up tubes everywhere. And, and uh, now my daughter was young, probably three or four years old at the time. And then that's my wife was really sick in the hospital and found out she was pregnant with my son. Uh, which is all these events were unfolding. And I was like, man, it was too much, too much, too much coincidence to not, to not go the direction of, of God. Right. I was like, I have to go this way, this route. And um, so once I did that, I fully focused on being a Christian. And I think that, that was that walk really helped me, you know, and I've been through a lot of ups and downs since then, but I always been able to reach back or, 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 or reach for that, uh, and lean on God, lean on the faith. And I think a lot of people are lost without it right now. I think, uh, you know, and, and I hate that they're pushing it out everything. I hate that they're making like uh, Christians or, or even God, God fearing people weirdos, you know, like they're trying to make you weird for like being into God. And I hate that. I wish it wouldn't. And, and the bad thing is, I always tell people, I'm like, if you don't believe the Bible, I'm okay with that if you've read the Bible. If you've read it, if you read the Bible and said, okay, I'm not, that's crap. I'm not listening to it. It's okay. But if you've never read the Bible, don't tell me you're not into it. Don't tell me it's fake. Don't tell me like, if like, it took me reading the new Testament to go, man, this is, this is like, it really grabbed me. Like God spoke to me. Like it was like, I couldn't, I could at that point couldn't turn back from it. I was like, this is way too real. And um, anyway, it made me dig, dig deeper into it. And, and I'm, I think the faith is, like I said, your question about faith, I just think without it, I, I wouldn't still be married. I wouldn't, I'd be a mess, like, if I, if I didn't have faith, for sure. Yeah, well, well said. And that's one of the reasons why I, I love seeing you out there and your family, what you guys represent, yeah. what you do. I mean, that's what we need so much more of in this country yeah. is strong families that stay together, that do things together, that, yeah. that are happy for one another. Like when, when, when one you could see it comes across when your son has success, you all have success. When your daughter has success, you're all having success. And I think that that's uh, a big part of that is missing along with God so much, too. So uh, I, I yeah. love what you guys stand for. And and so what kind of I mean, you've had all this success already. We know what you guys are up to at the moment. What kind of goals are planned? Is he happy yourself here for the future? Yeah, for the future right now, like I said, Haley signed a deal for next year to race NASCAR trucks. Uh, it's 23 races. We we have a house on the East Coast out by uh, Charlotte. And uh, so we're going to be out there a lot next year. Hayden's getting to the age where he's going to sign with a pro team. Uh, and a lot of the pro teams train back in Florida. So the plan is next year to focus on motocross, focus on the NASCAR thing is super important right now for her to make it through. It's a make or break right now for her. So we're going to go um, back east to focus on that. And then uh, for me, I still race off-road trucks. I still run our Shop Deegan 38 uh, website in our store. Uh, and, you know, I have a, we have a lot of Deegan products for trucks and cars and all that stuff. So I just promote that stuff. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing business. For me, business is like competition, and, and I like it. I like, I like working. I like being busy. Uh, for me, it's hard for me to sit still. It's hard for me to take time off. That's my biggest, that's my biggest downfall, to be honest, is it's just hard for me to take time off. And, and, is, and, I, and I've been trying to do that more lately, and COVID really – help help me with that this year it really helped me take a break i think i mean i'll be honest i had 
Dude, the last, I've, I've ran myself down so bad from flying coast to coast, trying to make it to all the kids' events and do business. And I mean, and there's like, as much as we look good from the outside, we're normal family. Like we have our bad days. We have our fights. We have our arguments. We have our, you know, disastrous business deals or disastrous um, family things that happen. You know, we're just, it's just a normal family. And so we deal with those stresses, but I, I think it's cool because we deal with them together, right? Like it's no matter what, like I know that 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 we have our family, that that I'm not alone, you know, that I think those things are important, you know, and I think overall we get we get through it together. We get through these ups and downs together. But I've like I've ran myself into the ground sometimes so bad that my body just shuts down, you know. That's how like how like forward moving we're always like fast paced and and i'm sure a lot of people are dealing with that right now like a lot of high stress and a lot of people dealing with no like work and not you know uh low on money and in job stress a lot of things going on this year it's been a tough year 100 percent um but you know we've been fortunate we've you know like i said at the end of the day i always think even if we had no money i always think like man we still have i have awesome kids and and you know and, and my you know and an awesome wife and and my life's been good. Like, we've had a great life, you know? Like, I think about all the cool things we've done. I've traveled the world, and and I've done that. I could have been a kid who just stayed in Nebraska. Like, I could have been that kid that just went to college uh, and got a job and got married and stayed in my town. But I had this burning burning passion to to just be curious and, and, cha- and go see the world. And I used dirt bikes to do that. And through that... I feel like I've had an awesome life and now I'm focusing mainly on my kids now, you know, and my life, I, I've done everything I want to do personally, except, you know, uh, watch my kids win every championship and, and, and I share those moments with them, you know? Yeah. Awesome stuff, Brian. The last thing I'm going to hit you with here. I love to ask all the dads that are getting on the podcast. What type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Yeah, I'd say best advice I'd have for the new dads are, you know, uh, there's no there's no manual for kids. There's no book. There's no like like set book on this is exactly how you do it. It's uh, I just feel like the most important thing as a father is to be present, be there. Like, um, you know, for me, when I was young and first had my first or we had our first kid, I, I, it was hard for me to settle down. It was hard for me to spend time. It was hard for me to stop what I was doing to be a dad. I like I almost like to the point where I didn't want to do it. I was so like set in my ways. And then I just feel like my advice is be present, be a part of it. And, and uh, like my dad always told me, you'll never get that time back. Like like when that, was, when that, that clock ticks and you miss those moments with your kids, you're not getting that time back. And there's going to come a time when your kids grow up and they're going to go. And hopefully they still keep you in their life even when they go and get married and, and start their, their families. Um, they hopefully they still keep you involved and to keep that relationship, like I, I always thought that as I as I got old, as I got to eighteen, I couldn't wait to leave the house. I was like, man, I just want to get out. I just want to go. And 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 then eventually, I, I came back to always talking to my dad. Like we still talk like almost every day. And, and but then I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad because at first I'm like, man, my dad calls me every day. But now I'm like, man, it's good because I want that with my kids. Like I want my kids to be like, I want to hang out with my dad. I want to be associated with him and to keep that to get that relationship you have to put the time in when they're young 
if you don't put the time in when they're young, don't plan on that they're hanging out with you when they're older. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I don't know. This is my opinion. But I like my advice for new dads is be present. Be present. You know, you're gonna. You know, there's no set manual on it, but um, like I said, I like the Christian faith. I like to study by the Bible. It, it within that is a good manual of telling you how to do things the right way. If you barely stick to that, you're gonna be fine. And uh, like I said, just just be a part of your kid's life. That's the most important thing. And, and another thing, we we didn't we won't get in this whole other subject, but with with marriage, you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be good days and bad days, right? Everyone's marriage is, is has its rough moments, like hundred percent. Not everyone has this perfect marriage and everything's great every day. Uh, so there's gonna be ups and downs. There's gonna be different seasons of highs and lows. Um, all I can say is uh, you gotta. You got to stick through it and, and set an example for the kids, you know, and and, and I still we still as, as, as husband and wife, we still work on that every day and we could be better for sure at it. But the point is that that kids see that. And, and I think that's something it builds confidence and strength within your kid when your parents are strong together is my opinion on that. So. Yeah, very well said. I love the message. Yeah. It's been an honor for me. I got to say, Brian Deegan, you're a first-class father all the way. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time yeah. here on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. And and also, I have a podcast called The Deegans. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts. And the only reason I'm saying that is because my last episode was on Christianity with one of my best friends, Ronnie Feist, who's another X Games medalist guy that I grew up uh, competing with. And he's uh, he's now a pastor. And he was crazy wild guy, 180, changed his life. Great example, good guy. So we did a good podcast on that. And I just recommend listening to that one podcast. is really good. Yeah, good stuff. I'm going to drop a link in the description cool. of this podcast episode so my listeners can tap it and get on over there. Awesome. Thank you, man. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Brian Deegan for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM on uh, Instagram. Let me know what you guys thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in. I got some great episodes dropping your way next week. Find out who on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace, including one NFL Hall of Famer and Super Bowl MVP that will be making his second appearance on the podcast. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers, we are first-class fathers. Your half-truths and tales, it's tall